Hey guys, ECRG here, back with another episode. The topic of today's episode is clinical research for medical doctors. So I recently got a comment on my YouTube channel on one of my most recent videos about jobs that uh, people with MDs could do in the clinical research industry. So whether you're a currently practicing MD who is looking to potentially do a little bit more research on the side, whether you are looking to completely leave the medical field, uh, maybe you're, you realize that practicing is not for you and you want another job in the pharmaceutical industry or clinical research, uh, there are definitely options out there. Or if you're currently in medical school, just want to know what kind of options are out there besides practicing and maybe you'll pursue that instead of going to practice or pursue that instead of going to residency immediately after finishing medical school. So I wanted to do this episode and I'm going to do the same thing for nurses too because that just that idea just kind of came into my head. But today we're going to focus on the medical doctors out there. And this is something that I know a lot of people are probably interested in. And if not, if you do have a medical degree or are pursuing a medical degree, this may just be something you're curious about. What other opportunities are out there? So as you can see from the screen that you see right now, I'm of course gonna be looking on Google and Indeed to get a little bit more background about some of the positions I talk about as I'm talking about them. So I've got a few positions here that uh, I thought about for medical doctors. The first is, and the question was really for people that are entry level. So I, I kind of have that in mind and then I have some that may require a little bit of experience too, but we'll get there when we get there. So the first way to get your start in clinical research if you're a medical doctor is to become a sub-I. So a sub-I is short for sub-investigator. And you know a primary investigator is probably what you're used to, a principal investigator. And a principal investigator is someone who is responsible for the site and the conduct of research and making sure that the site is conducting the protocol accordingly. The buck stops with the principal investigator. But under the principal investigator, they will have sub-investigators, people that are also helping out. And they may help out by referring patients to the PI or referring patients for the study. They may help out by, you know, the PI can delegate them tasks like to review labs, to assess clinical significance and non-clinical significance. Maybe they might have a radiologist and they'll have them review chest x-rays or various other radiological uh, endeavors that are happening on the study. So there are a lot of reasons why a PI would have a sub-I on the study, but that is a great place for you if you're interested in getting your start in clinical research to start. Um, if you eventually wanna be a principal investigator one day, it does not hurt to start out as a sub-investigator. Makes it a lot easier to uh, be a, sub a principal investigator once you have some sub-investigative experience. So that is one position I would, re I would uh, think about for sure. And this is def definitely gonna be something typically at a research institution where you can get your start. So a major research institution, they're going to have research projects going on at all times. And, you know, you make those connections easily and you could easily become sub-I on study uh, pretty easily. So that's the first position I would definitely think about, a sub-investigator. The next one, of course, is going to be principal investigator. So I kind of mentioned them a little bit earlier. Um, this is a great way to get into research. Now, this is one where you might need a little bit of experience. So you could become a co-PI with a, a study. Um, so there's like a main PI who's a little bit more experienced and you might be a co-PI with them. Or you could become a sub-investigator and then after a couple of years, you eventually become a PI. So once again, this is someone who is responsible for the entire study. 
They are responsible for delegating all of the tasks and the buck stops with the PI. So, you know, if there's any issues on the site, it's eventually going to come on, come back onto the PI because they are in charge. So there's the PI. And then here is where it gets interesting because those are all, those two are positions where you've got to be kind of involved at an academic research institution, or maybe there's some smaller institutions out there. Um, but this is one where you can do, I believe, right out of medical school, or you can do it after you're done practicing. So we're gonna go ahead and type on, and the position is called medical science liaison. So let's see. Um, medical science liaison. So let's see what kind of jobs we can find out for this. And look, look at this, right up the bat, entry level. So $140,000 to $180,000 a year. So if you're someone right out of college, so look what it says. This is if you're a pharmacist or postdoc researcher looking to finally break into the pharmaceutical industry, um, blah, 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 blah. So here, requirements. Must have a PhD, MD, or PharmD. So that's something that is interesting that you can have a PhD or MD or PharmD. So I didn't even know that. I thought it was mainly for MDs. Um, so, so you su support company-sponsored research, investigator, initiated research and publications. You have to develop relationships with the key opinion leaders in assigned territory and engage in scientific dialogue effectively. Um, must be able to deliver high-quality presentations of scientific data to healthcare professionals in multiple settings, including advisory boards, investigator meetings, and other appropriate venues to enhance product disease state knowledge. So that's interesting. I know the job is typically about, um, you know, giving presentations to various people and it's a very, very good job. Uh, you're going to be traveling to different areas. Um, so let's see what this one is. This is a, actually a senior medical science liaison, but ultimately, ultimately it's the same thing. Um, so in a compliant manner, the MSL or a medical science liaison systematically identifies the needs of key opinion leaders, investigators, and other stakeholders in patient care, establishes strong professional relationships, provides credible scientific expertise, and serves as a link. And this position is with Takeda, so Takeda Global Medical and External Affairs. Um, they serve as the field-based extension of the country therapeutic team. Uh, okay, so yeah, I mean, as you can see, I just typed this in and indeed, if you're listening on the podcast, they got jobs, California, Illinois, Florida, Miami, Florida, Burlington, Massachusetts, um, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina, let's see, Maryland. Um, so look, two to travel two to three nights a week. So it, it sounds like you're going to be, oh, and this was just four hours ago too, so Look, this is a great field to be in. You're going to you're going to be traveling, you're going to be on the road, so if you're interested in traveling, this is something that uh, you might enjoy. You're going to have an area similar to a CRA. You're going to have like a southeast or a northeast or a midwest area, and you're going to go to all the sites in that area that you are assigned. So this is a great position. Um, look, Cineos Health Commercial Solutions has a need for it. So it's a great pharmaceutical um, position. So yeah, the, for Cineos, they want nurse practitioner, a PA, or a medical uh, MSN. That's I think that's a nursing degree. Uh, but they say PhD, PharmD, or MD preferred. 
So I'm sure this is like every other job in the industry where once you get some experience, so it doesn't matter if you're a PA or NP or whatever, once you get the MSL experience, that kind of matters more than what your degree you have at that point. Um, and probably more about what your therapeutic expertise is in too. Um, so like for this one, they want CNS experience, it's required. Um, and then product launch experience preferred. So great role, big fan of it. And you know, I've never met any MSLs, but I do know that this is, um, you know, in the clinical research space. So it's a great role. Um, so that's that's one that not a lot of people may know about, but that is an option for you. And you can see uh, you do get paid fairly well. And, you know, just seeing in Chicago, 140000 180000 for entry level, that's pretty good. So imagine, you know, as you get to level two, level three, level four, you know, you could be easily making, you know, a quarter million dollars or better. So, um, you know, depending on which area of the country you're based in, too. So that's something to think about. The next position I have for MDs is a medical monitor. So let's see. Medical director, no. Clinical research medical monitor. Here we go. So the medical monitor is somebody who, you know, answers questions that the site may have regarding um, different patients. There's somebody who, you know, might work for the pharmaceutical company or the CRO, uh, predominantly probably the sponsor. They are experts on the drug that the sponsor is studying, and they're going to be able to answer more specific questions that the CRA won't be able to answer about the drug and its interaction with different uh, different compound and different thing about the patients. So typically as a CRA, if we have any questions about, you know, more of the science aspect, um, you know, assessing if the drug has, is interacting with something or, you know, something more scientific that the CRA won't be able to answer, um, we'll go to the medical monitor. Another thing that the medical monitor typically does is um, they kind of assess each patient's eligibility for the study. Um, they make sure that the numbers, um, depending on what indication you're in, uh, they make sure that each study kind of matches certain criteria uh, on the health aspect of the study. So, you know, they do have a very important role, of course, and they typically, you know, you, you've got to have an MD typically, but we'll see what this one says, what the uh, requirement is for that. So this one says MD or MD, PhD required with U.S. medical licensure, board certified or board eligible. And then they want minimum of 10 years experience with the pharmaceutical industry or equivalent with excellent knowledge of the drug development process, including but not limited to designing clinical trials, reviewing and analyzing clinical data, IND, NDA. So IND is investigational new drug. NDA is going to be new drug application or BLA submissions. So knowledge of FDA, ICH. So blah, blah, blah. This one is, you know, they want 10 years experience. So they want a lot. This one wants a lot of experience. Um, and that's just a contract I pulled up. Um, let's see what else. We got a, another one in Trinet Pharma in Charlotte. So I don't think, definitely not. This one wants five to 10 years of experience, of clinical research experience. So an MD degree. Um, 
so this is a great this is a great um, position. You know, like they got I see one in Durham here at Springworks Therapeutics. Let's see what the requirement here. They want three years experience. So they got all different experience levels. You just got to find one that kind of matches you. Um, the one of the best ways to do it. I mean, you get some sub I experience that counts as clinical research experience. You get some PI experience. And once again, it counts as clinical research experience. Or even if you do some clinical research, you know, a lot of medical programs require you to do clinical research, you know, as you're studying, or maybe you do some during the summer, you know, whatever it may be, but that all counts towards clinical research experience. So you can have three years in no time, or if you're doing it during residency, and realize you don't want to practice whatever you're studying, and you, uh, you know, you want to quit or whatever, and become a medical monitor. Something to consider. Um, and you know, they have all different experience levels, but this is this is a position that I, for one, do interact with on a, a pretty regular basis. I'd say probably about once or twice a month. Um, they do attend our meetings, so this is this is somebody that a CRA would be somewhat familiar with at at their given company, and you know, it's a great role. Um, it's a nine to five role. It's, it's not something where you're, you know, you're up super late all the time or anything like that. But, you know, like, like this one says, they do provide on call medical support. So, uh, you know, if, if a call comes in late, it's something that could happen. But those are my top four positions for MDs. So I've got a little bit of something for everybody there. I've got sub I, I've got PI medical science liaison, and medical monitor. So those are my top four. I'm going to come out with positions for nurses too. I'm going to do a video on that. Um, and I'll probably do another video on this too, uh, a little bit later, some other positions of you know how you really can get your start because some of these positions uh, require some experience. So how do you go about getting that experience? Um, I kind of talked about a little bit. Sub-I is a great way, or medical science liaison is a great way. But I'm sure there's some other ways that I could uh, dig up too if I uh, if I actually did that. So guys, thanks so much for listening. As always, subscribe to the YouTube channel, like this video. If you're listening on the podcast, thank you so much for your support. As always, if you are interested in any resume review services or any type of interview preparation or any type of LinkedIn profile review, email me eliteclinicalgroup at gmail.com. Take care, guys.